0: Hello and welcome to Upstream with Jim and John, Father and Son Conversations about Discipleship and Culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John.
1: And I'm Jim. And welcome to episode 59. 59.
0: <laughs> episode 59. Uh, this week I have some questions. In regard to uh, how countercultural a Christian is expected to be, um, in the Bible is both prescriptive and descriptive that a Christian will find themselves against uh, the uh, the flow of culture. That's the name of our podcast, even or, or part of the inspiration of our podcast. It also just kind of flows off the tongue, and the salmon logo is kind of cool. But but also, <laughs> you know, the uh, <laughs> that if a Christian is is doing things right, they should feel some pressure against the current um but basically I have, a, I have a few questions to the extent of that and uh, where that comes from
1: stuff like that all right and it sounds like john that um your basic premise here is that if a christian feels no stream against him in the culture that's probably a problem mm-hmm. and if a christian can't get along with anybody that's probably a problem too yeah, well, that's those are my questions. Yeah. Those are the we'll, bookends.
0: We'll get there. First, though, it is uh, time for story or joke time, and it is your turn this week.
1: All right. I thought I would tell a story since we're coming up on summertime. You know, it's starting to be the summertime. It's officially summertime. Summertime is upon us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel it mostly in the humidity. It's, it hasn't been warm, but I've just been anytime I need to move at all. I was looking for uh, my watch, which I learned that I left at your house today or yesterday. But I was tearing the place up for it, and I was just dripping sweat in this apartment. Because everything's was any, so humid. Was any of that panic? A little bit, I'm sure, yeah. 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 Well, I was also playing a scary video game, and I was like actually dripping sweat, even though it wasn't that hot. Really? But the humidity probably didn't
1: help. Yeah. I'm, wow. I'm
0: If you don't know this about me, listener, I do not handle scary stuff that great. <laughs> and yet I put myself through it pretty often.
1: Which but, is really interesting that you would do that.
0: I know. I probably, it's probably like an adrenaline rush. You know, chasing the high type thing.
1: Yeah. So as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. It Whatever. is summertime, and uh, <laughs> so I have a story about the Fourth of July. Okay. Which is still several weeks away, but um, I was thinking about stories in my childhood, and thinking about stories I don't want to tell because make my family look as dysfunctional as it actually was. Sure. Uh, but this is a story about the Fourth of July. We would we would do these. Um, Huge campouts at the 4th of July. So, um, our family and my dad's friend and his family, we would uh, literally go to the lake, Lake Texoma. Texoma,
0: is that the one that Joe lived on or no?
1: No, this is on the border of Texas and Oklahoma. Oh. Half the shoreline a... was in Texas and half was in Oklahoma. It's Lake Texoma.
0: I tell you, I don't think Texans get enough credit for how creative they can be with their names. <laughs> Texoma. <laughs> They really nailed that one.
1: It's a massive lake, and it's a lot of fun. And we would actually load all of our gear and camping gear and everything into the into the boat and then go find an island unoccupied and camp out on the island. So we would have this island to ourselves sounds for awesome. a few days. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so uh, we would, of course, blow up lots of explosives.
0: Sure. As and one so does.
1: I'm 11 years old, and I have a 12-ball Roman candle that I am lighting. Twelve ball, yeah. What you is know it? the Roman candle has you know so many balls and you can eat different size. You're familiar with the Roman candle?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with how you size a Roman candle. I guess I, I'm not the vernacular. Well, how but... many
1: balls come out? And, you know, boom. Gotcha, gotcha. Boom. This yeah. one was a twelve baller. It's a lot. It's a lot, and uh, of course I'm in my cutoff jeans and no shirt because that's what you do at Lake Texoma. <laughs> And uh, do as so the I, omens do. Yes, and I light this sucker up, and I'm holding it right in front of me with both hands because I don't know. I've never done one of these before, and I don't know what the recoil might be. Sure. And so I'm holding it in front of my chest with both hands, and poof, first ball comes out, blows up in the sky. It's kind of cool, and then the next eleven balls come out the back and oh hit me in the gosh. chest. All 11 come out in one shot and hit me in the chest and knock me down. And I fall down, and the sparks fly up on the picnic table that had a little paper tablecloth over it, and they catch the tablecloth on fire. So I'm laying on the ground with a big burn on my chest, and my our picnic table is on fire. And, of course, my family, being the compassionate pack of wolves that they are, uh-huh. are only concerned about the food getting burned up on the table <laughs> while I roll around in agony on the ground. How old were you? I was 11. Man. How yeah. bad was the burn? Uh, it didn't turn out to be all that bad. It was probably more of a bruise than a burn because it was a pretty sure. hefty impact. Well. Later that night, um, I was lighting a Roman candle down by the beach. and so you weren't out of commission all that long? No. Not a Roman candle. <laughs> yeah, a Roman candle. No, a, a bottle rocket. Okay. So later on, I'm I'm, I'm lighting a bottle. I went, from then on, I held my Roman candles off to one side. Sure. One <laughs> I mean, fool me once, shame on me. Shame yeah. on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So next time, to anyway,
0: get all twelve right to the right to the chest. Not best, never, best, again. Uh, never again. Never uh, again.
1: So I'm lighting a bottle rocket and actually have it sitting in a Coke bottle and lighting it. You know, watching them go up in the sky. Well, my dad's best friend Bobby is down by the lake washing his hands. So he has got his back to me, and he's bent over washing his hands in the lake. And my bottle rocket, when I light it, the bottle wobbles and falls down. And the rocket, I can't pick it up. I'm scared to pick it up. I've just gotten (laughs) Roman candles in the chest, so I'm not going to touch this explosive. Yeah. And it takes off and goes right between his legs into the lake. (laughs) Holy smokes. And I ran, and he never knew who did it, but he was furious. Man,
0: you were just winning that oh, yeah, whole yeah. that whole day. Yeah. I should probably save this for another. I'll, well, if I save it for another one, I'll probably forget it and never end up telling it. Uh, Tim, at uh, one time, um, when we were younger, so Tim is eight years older than I am, and I, I don't remember how old either of us were at this time, but we were both living in the laundry house still so, uh, before he had moved out. And uh must have been sometime after Fourth of July because he had fireworks around. Normally people don't have fireworks around unless it's around that time. But he right. um, shaved the uh, – I don't – it was just sprinklers, but he shaved off whatever sparkles on a on – a, on a,
1: a sparkler, you A sparkler,
0: mean, yeah. yeah, not a – yeah, a sparkler. He shaved off whatever's on the edge of that or pulled it out somehow, or I don't really remember. And he put it between two 2-liter uh, two bottle caps, you know, just like plastic screw caps. Oh, and he filled it, filled one with that, glued them together, and drilled a little hole in it, and, and we we'll put a fuse in there, <laughs> and would make this sounds genius. Yeah, yeah. And so one of them, uh, we had this flower bed out in the backyard, and maybe it was multiple. I have no, I don't really remember. But he mm-hmm. buried it in there and then lit it, and it just blew dirt everywhere, and it was just fun. And you could feel the thud on your chest from the from the shock I remember as a kid, that was kind of fun.
1: Oh yeah, sparklers. If you strap a bunch of them together and burn them, they are mm-hmm. very explosive.
0: Yeah, but he had another high another hijink. I don't think that <laughs> word is singular. Uh, that I'll tell later. That one was more fun. I'll
1: I'll tell that one later. I'll try to remember. By the way, I will update our listeners. I uh, did uh, interview several listeners about the word hijinks. <laughs> And it turns out I am the only one who didn't ever know what that word meant. Yeah, who In would fact, have it? they all thought I was kidding about that that I didn't know. They it was such an obvious thing to them that they were shocked that I didn't know it.
0: Yeah. Well, just maybe you should listen to your son a little more often. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. your takeaway is from that. That's my takeaway from it.
1: But. Well, good for you.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh so this Let's is, start talking. Let's we'll start talking. Uh this is part of a um, I have I have issues seeing the forest for the trees. I generally see the forest for the forest, and this is one of those maybe <laughs> where uh, where my question is is big picture. But there's there's a lot of smaller examples. Um, where in um, so there's lots of references. So like in the New Testament, uh, uh, Jesus says, you know, if you forgive only those who you love, you know, or I'm trying to I can't think the exact wording if you forgive only those who forgive you you
1: know you're no better if than, you love only those who love you I think is what you're fishing gotcha, for gotcha. Yeah. The, I'm
0: sure it is if you love only those who love you you're no better than the pagans that's sure. the, That's the verbiage it's, it's this comparison and, um, and the implication being that without the uh, later we would know the Holy Spirit um, at the time they didn't know that I'm sure when Jesus was talking to them um, but without Jesus and without the Holy Spirit um, you are inherently worse off and I think that's pretty self-explanatory in the in scripture, um, but then you see uh, big secular movements or a secular organization that does a lot of good pro bono ethical work like you see uh, in this, in this movement we're in now this Black Lives Matter movement. It is uh, assisting the disenfranchised and fighting for the disenfranchised, and it is not a religious movement. In fact, it might be largely mostly secular. Um, And then you think of uh, even just um, homeless organizations, you know, affordable housing, and you have crazy big, effective um, Christian faith organizations like the Red Cross that do this work, too. So it's not to say that we that we as a faith don't do that. But really, the question is, um, if it is a comparison, uh, the the pagan world isn't out there eating their babies. You know, you know, it's not like (laughs) it's not like they're making sacrifices and. And killing each other, so the the um, the tension looks different now, hmm. and that that's generally the big picture. That's um, when you when you think you're supposed to feel tension against the culture, and the culture is doing empathetic things. Where is the tension? Hmm. Do you create the tension? If you're not feeling any at all, is it inherently wrong? And should you be proud of yourself for being at odds with the world? Or like you said, is there an extent to that as well? Really? So I'll I'll pass the talking stick to you.
1: <clears throat> well, I'm not even sure what to do with that. I'm. Um, well, ask. I mean, you could keep asking. I don't know. So so. I'm going to say back what I think I heard you say, and then you just correct me because sure. I'm I'm not sure I got it all. But you're saying that you know we're supposed to do good to those who are not like us, and we're supposed to love people who don't love us back, and we're supposed to be you know doing good in the world. Yeah. And uh, there seems to be people who don't know God, who are doing lots of good in the world. Yeah. And but but that's where you lost me. I don't understand what the dilemma is. So the the dilemma is
0: only um, is only that where is that tension supposed to come in, mm. and is it on more of an interpersonal level? Is it that yeah these organizations may be doing great things, but on a personal level, um, it may be. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Really I only meant those as an establishment of the comparison in scripture. So let that, me ask you this, yeah. Yeah. Let me
1: yeah. let me ask you this. Um where do you think your faith would create tension in the culture? We don't need to be at odds, you know, um I mean everybody should be a Seahawks fan, but if they're not, we're not we're not at odds with them. <laughs> No, and not. Uh, we're not at odds with people who love each other. We're not even at odds with people who struggle to love people not like themselves, as long as they're yeah. not haters. So uh, where do you think the tension ought to come from?
0: Well, and and to, I guess, get this out of the way is that I don't, I'm not trying to say it would be a um, a conflict necessarily, not yeah. a, uh, I was, there's a word I'm looking for here, but not a, a um contention on a personal level so uh, I don't think it's our job to admonish people outside of our faith I think the Bible the New Testament especially is very clear that admonishing uh, someone for their deeds is from one Christian to another so Jesus didn't you know rail on people who who didn't know God for what they were doing he railed on the, the Pharisees so this isn't to say that we should be out there shaming people who aren't Christians for what they're doing that's not sure we should not be Right so it's not and so not that uh not that there is a competition even just that uh there should be scripturally a tension between um what we believe and what we strive to do and what the world does. Uh so and I lost the very end of your question I'm sorry what what was that again?
1: Well uh, you know the the scripture talks about that uh a Jew yeah might lean on the law and circumcision you know but then he says but but a Jew, a circumcision is a matter of the heart, not the flesh. And if a Gentile who doesn't even know the law obeys the law by the virtue of their own character, you know, they're also law abiders, even though they don't even know the law. So, um, fallen man, non, um, non faith based people can be very amazing people. Lots of them yeah. are. My question to you is, where do you think your attention should come from? If you were to say to a Christian, hey, if you become a Christ follower, you're going to start bumping into some opposition. You're going to start bumping into some um, uh, incompatibilities. Yeah. What, what will those be? Uh,
0: I would say most of those are probably interpersonal. So, um, you know, somebody... Uh, wants you to do something slightly unethical in a logistical sense like, like slightly I mean in the realm of like a white lie or say um, uh, a, an admission uh, tax wise or with your boss or they oh. say hey um, you know they say I'm on my way to work I'm late if the boss asks tell them I got stuck in traffic and that's a and that's a lie they're asking you to lie for them right St- stuff like that just simple um, um, unyielding morality I guess holding it to, to a very high standard Stuff like that, I would say, more than big picture stuff. Um, Because I think normally when you think of this conversation, you think about legalized um, gay marriage. or uh, um, Because it does, and I've expressed my frustration with this in the past, the way that our faith gets lumped with a political party. So um, Mm -hmm. a person might think that a um, white Christian is against Black Lives Matter protests. Or I can't breathe protests, or however you want to phrase it. So I, I mean less in that sense. Um, so to return to a question, if I feel no resistance,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and you, and you have this checklist, you say a Christian should be completely fearless, constantly in trouble or completely fearless, fearless, absurdly in trouble is the happy. last one. Yeah. Absurdly happy,
1: happy, completely fearless and constantly in trouble.
0: So that last one, if I'm not meeting that <clears throat> part of the checklist, is there something inherently wrong there? And and if so, why is that? Yeah.
1: So, um, what i think is that you will a christian uh living a biblical life is going to look out for the disenfranchised going to look out to the, for the least of these going to be an advocate for the widow the orphan uh the the prisoner the alien mm-hmm. um and this will this will create uh a little bit different experience than other people might be chasing um but all those are Um, there are people of all faith persuasions or even atheists who are kind, uh, people. Yeah. So so at the end of the day, you know, what got Jesus crucified? Why, why did they hate Jesus? Well,
0: I mean, because he, like I said, the hate seemed to come from the established righteous side of things, not from the, um, yeah, the the adulterers
1: didn't hate him and the, right. Ta- and the tax collectors didn't hate him. Right. So it's because he, he, was he was
0: convicting them. He was convicting the the self-righteous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, thre-
0: and threatening their power, mostly, I guess.
1: Yeah. So uh, I guess the first big rock is that one of the things that surprises a lot of Christians is that most of the current of opposition they feel actually comes from within the church, not outside of it. hmm because uh, you have people who are religious, um, right now, um, you know we're in this COVID situation, and churches can't gather yet more than fifty people in our state. And I know of a pastor in this area who's got people leaving the church now because they say he's bowing his knee to the governor instead of his knee to Jesus. Shoot! Um, and so they're they're bailing out on him and judging him because he won't go ahead and have gatherings. Of limitless sizes, and give the finger to the governor, yeah, uh, where they're ignoring the scriptures that we are to submit to those who are in authority over us, but even if they disagreed for some reason, um, Christians can be really mean when they disagree, and it is said that Christians are the only army in the world that kill their wounded. <laughs> uh, you know, if you want to be judged, you know yeah. then uh confess an affair. Or some kind of moral failure as a as a Christian, and watch other Christians just devour you. And so, uh, this religiosity is a big point of contention. But even that's not where I think the Scriptures primarily point us when they say, "Hey, you're going to go upstream." To be mm-hmm. a Christian is to go upstream. And I think it's a it's more about ideology. Um, where did where did the world come from? Was it created by God? So you, you, you begin with uh, deism and and instead of naturalism, and that puts you at odds. And then you say creation versus evolution, and they won't even let you teach that in school. Mm -hmm. And so you have these worldview things that bring you into opposition. Um, What sexuality means, where sexuality came from and how it should be expressed. Um, In as you mentioned earlier, you know, telling the truth, honesty, integrity, and uh, whether there is even such a thing as a white lie. Yeah. Um, You know, so all there's lots of opportunities. But I think when the scriptures talk about opposition, I think it all points to one place.
0: And where's that?
1: That Jesus is the only way. Hmm. Jesus is. He said that he is the stone that makes men stumble and the rock that makes them fall. Then he will either build you up or, or crush you or land on yeah, you. Yeah, you will either fall on him and be broken into health and healing and redemption, or he will land on you and crush you. And um, uh, I was just looking at this passage while we were talking 2 Timothy 3, and um, Paul says to Timothy in fact verse 12 in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now we don't get persecution here. Yeah. Unless you start in, talking in, in, in about a macro sense, yeah. Right. Unless you start talking about Jesus is the only way. There is a God. There's only one God. He's the God of the Bible. His son is Jesus. The only way to be forgiven of your sin is Jesus and the only way to live eternally with God is to accept Christ as your savior. Right there. Uh, our culture hates that kind of what they would call narrow minded, um, whatever,
0: stubborn or, or, yeah. And, and that reminds me, uh, I actually highlighted some verses and, um, this just shows how disorganized I can be, but I'll go through a few of those now to just kind of back up my, uh, my claims in a rhetorical sense. Okay. Um, okay. So here, James four, four, uh, ESV, if anyone cares, um, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Mm. If Colossians 2.8, uh, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Uh, elemental
1: John, spirits of the world or principles of the world?
0: Uh, ESV, it says elemental spirits of the world.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Should we take um, these one at a time, or you wanna just rattle off a list of them? Cause I was gonna
0: i mean if you if you have any go ahead well feel, feel free to yeah to well, jump out that, if you want,
1: yeah, that first one uh
0: yeah, the we, uh whoever makes himself a friend of the world is an enemy it, of God,
1: yeah, man, that's a big one, yeah, I think that really speaks to where you were where you know that that speaks to what you were i think driving at,
0: yeah, and my original deal was um, so there's uh I guess the the pressure. Of the world and uh and and there are some high profile Christians in the past year who have uh, publicly renounced their faith mm-hmm. and a big reason for that uh, um, i've been following them probably more than I should have it's it's um, near compulsion at this point on Instagram. <laughs> one of them is largely social issues is why is what happened and so first thing he did after um, publicly announcing that he had left the faith was, uh, start going to pride rallies and stuff like that. And, and he, um, he publicly apologized profusely for his previous stances on same sex attraction and such like gotcha. that. The second guy, his big thing was mostly, uh, what he viewed as, uh, incompatible, um, theology within the Bible, the contradictions mm-hmm. and largely the, the, um, behavior of Christians and mm-hmm. how, uh, if the spirits involved in the church from the beginning of the church, then, uh, what's the deal with all of these horrible human, um, tragedies? And, uh, and to me looking at those guys, it's easy to say, well, the church is not God. The church is full of humans who at their best do okay, um, at interacting with God the way he tells them to, and at their worst get very legalistic the way, th- uh, that the people of God were before the church even existed. So uh it's easy to say that there is that um that distinction between uh humans and god but but what i mean what i was starting off with was the first guy the um the stance on on sexuality is there's this pressure to not be antagonistic to the world and i and i think in all this stuff what i've been learning uh is that being against the world in a um particularly combative sense is not mm-hmm productive and it's not loving necessarily. Uh, I think going out and picketing against gay marriage did nobody any good. And, and, and I could, I feel like I could stand by that with pretty good judgment. And it's not to say that you have to be pro same-sex attraction and saying you can do whatever you want, but I think being out there, um, it's, do you know, the, the, the lack of productivity is what I mean. So, so you're not really representing your gospel well at that point. It just seems so
1: adversarial. So you don't know if it's right or wrong. You just know it's ineffective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That who really sees that on the other end, who, a person who doesn't know God, who sees that and says, I want what that guy's got, <laughs> you know? And I thought the same thing with this whole people being very angry at these protests. And um, and the riots add a different element to that because that's actively harmful to, um, you know, businesses and people. But, but the same thing where being openly adversarial to people who are far from God. Is not effective for the kingdom.
1: You know, I've been feeling this uh, this part. See if this makes if I'm if I'm lining up with where you're with what you're saying. I've felt like in this current um, hostility situation that um, what I want to be, what I think Christians should be, is compassionate toward Mm -hmm. and uh, understanding of. But that doesn't mean that you are in favor of or promoting something. Exactly. And um it feels like what the world wants to say is, well, if you don't promote this, then you're a hater. If you theologically believe that uh same sex intercourse is sin, then you are a hater. Yeah. So that puts you in animosity. So And it uh, is very much us and them in that regard too. Right. But I want to be, be the compassionate of and yeah. yeah. And um, I think, um, John, I was looking at this passage, First Corinthians 2. Uh, we have received this not the spirit of the world, but the spirits from God, the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So I think there's where your breakdown is, is that people cannot understand what we believe, why we believe it, or where we're coming from without spiritual help. There's a veil. Sure and so there's a there it's it's like we're on different communication waves, yeah um and I think uh
0: one one thing actually one of the reasons this is always helpful to me is because actually just to talk about my questions oftentimes i I guide myself to some yeah. you start answering them yourself and, yeah yeah, um is that the um the aid may look the same the what I was talking about earlier with um mm. secular um um ethics groups and and social groups and and the good they do for uh sure the, um, the disenfranchised, and their aid may look the same, their virtues look different so so on a base level it it would be let's get these people food and let's get them clothes and and mm-hmm. it's it's wonderful work and and mostly um volunteer hours. I was reading up on this um I read this article that made me so mad about one of the olympia uh, council city council people and uh and so I was researching this woman, and the amount of volunteer work she had done up Mm -hmm. until before she got into her council thing, I was blown away. And it really made me feel like, you know, a bit of a a donkey for, uh, for immediately jumping to such uh, frustration with this woman when really realizing she's done, uh, in exponents more for the disenfranchised of the city than I have, uh, before she even got in office. So, uh, that was, that was one of the things, but, but the, the virtues past that the, what is life about? What do, what is, um, what is true freedom for these people? What does that look like? That is inherently different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think that is that is fundamentally different for for what a person of faith might think and a secular person might think.
1: I, I does agree. that make sense? Yeah. It's a it's a, and and so I think what I'm so far what I'm picking up on in this conversation is that um, is that we are lovers of people, kind, compassionate. This is what we're called to be. Mm -hmm. It's what we hope to be. Um, While we also are incredibly legalistic on ourselves, uh, not Mm -hmm. wanting to um, tell a lie, not wanting to um, talk about what the sinful do even in secret, wanting pure hearts, wanting um, our sexuality to be aligned with the scriptures, wanting to be submitted to God. These are things we should be uh, you know hard on ourselves but not hard on others and um, it it really uh, creates um, what I what I feel like in America, you know we're not being persecuted we're, um, but this it, there's this sense of intense loneliness, yeah, uh, not being understood, being uh, judged, yeah. I think uh, in in regards to
0: sexuality, uh, I, I would stand by that that the um, the activism within um, issues of of legal sexuality stuff like gay marriage, uh, I would stand by that that is unproductive. But it gets it gets difficult when you say you 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 go in close and you say, okay, we're not going to worry about that, but we will not allow someone who is a practicing homosexual to be a clergy member. And the world would say, that's discrimination, you're being hateful. Right. So there is no escape from that in the end. Right. It doesn't matter how small you go, holding those beliefs and acting on those beliefs um, does put you in a camp, as far as the the world is. Um, let's real quick do, we'll do our show and tell time, we'll do okay. our commercial break, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with some takeaways. Okay, okay. And so and, and today's and your to show and got. tell. Yeah. Yeah, so today it is mine. And uh, uh I actually like this because I don't know, there's there's pressure on both of us now. Sometimes when we're about to record we'll say, Oh, it's my turn for a story and we gotta we got a rack our brains. This time we both have to find something. This is one of my many eyebrow raising gifts from my brother in law Brian, my sister's husband. What a great gift and, giver. Yeah, yeah. And uh and really <laughs> he knocks it out of the park. <laughs> um but they're always I just start thinking
1: about some of the gifts he's given you and I laugh. Basically, if there was a, a And for some reason he enjoys giving you the best kind of gifts.
0: Some I I'm not complaining, man, but yeah. if if there was like a manifest of all of my items received from Brian, I would probably be on an FBI watch list or something. <laughs> like there I've gotten a bunch of stuff. I'll save them yeah. again for show and tells yeah. later, but they're basically all in the service of escaping or tracking people <laughs> or killing things. This one he got uh he's a uh retired or or ex army ranger as much as one can be i guess he was he served and on one of his deployments he i' and I'm struggling to remember the story he either found this or bought it or uh, but a lot of the stuff he got me came back from a, a deployment this is a, a leather booklet let's say it's about um four inches by six or seven inches hmm. and it is zippered closed with a pretty sturdy zipper and inside. Are leather wings that open up to a four paneled lock picking kit, oh wow, with maybe fifty or forty or fifty tools in it all for a lot of them are uh, I think they're expected to break I'm not entirely sure, but there's a few duplicates and uh, and for a while after I got this, I would try to pick this padlock that we have while I was <laughs> you know procrastinating from work or whatever just for fun. <laughs> Uh, but basically, you have a torque tool which you use to spin the cylinder once you have knocked all the pins where they need to be, and then you have a pin knocking tool to knock them up so you you have two in there at once, you try and get it right on the top and then you were you the ever tool successful tool. not once uh anyway, that's basically it. I'm pretty sure it's not um entirely legal to own one, so you know if oh, you listen, I, help me really? some slack I'd think so because it is basically only nefarious I don't know. I don't know. And Brian, I think warned me about that when he gave it to me. Oh, but uh, I'll show it to you. So this is it closed. It's black leather, by the way. Oh, black leather. Yeah. And then this is it opened.
1: And And then you can open up some wings. Yeah. More. Holy cow! Look at all that. It's crazy. It looks like a uh, dental torture kit. Yeah, like a guy, the action hero is taped <laughs> up to a chair and a
0: guy walks in and flips right. this open. Flips
1: this open and like, oh, totally.
0: Yeah. And I've wondered the 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 padlock I was trying to um open was pretty jaggedy. Even getting a key in there took some elbow grease. So I've always wondered if I got like a brand new one if I could do it. Um and maybe eventually. I don't know I still have the thing. I remember but the, the first gift it's, gift it's mostly he gave sentimental. You. I yeah. do too. Yeah. I don't have that anymore. So it won't serve for a show and tell. So you go ahead and okay. Ahead so
1: it. so you were younger. I don't know how old young you were, but you were young. You're freshman and maybe in high school. Sophomore, yeah, fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. And Brian was getting deployed. Again, he did seven deployments. Uh, one of my heroes. And um, Afghanistan, I think, is where he went. And you told him, "I want you to bring me home a <laughs> necklace of ears from terrorists."
0: <laughs> and I was being facetious.
1: Yes, you were. Yeah. And 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 I remember he sent you in the mail. You got a you got mm-hmm. a in the mail. You got a necklace of paper ears that he had cut out and colored. You <laughs> <He> cut them <laughs> out from a magazine or
0: something. Yeah, and, and then strung ma- them through on this piece of yarn. <laughs> and just an envelope. Yeah, sent you. Yeah. A, and there was nothing else in the envelope. Just nope. this
1: necklace of ears. Yeah,
0: it was very funny. <laughs> he's that's awesome uh, yeah he's an incredible gift giver and i married an incredible gift giver so both the uh uh two and i think Brittany's good too I, i'm struggling to remember i don't think i've been on the receiving end of her on for our christmas lists mm. but anyway in-laws so far for the lad family have been very good at that very good gift givers yeah, yeah. uh okay so we'll break for a commercial break real quick we'll and, be right uh, back and we'll see you guys in a few
2: Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining him on his mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the Father-Son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation.
1: Welcome back. So I was thinking, John, about this uh, this new movement that's popped up, and I think this may be a point where I'm feeling some contention and trying to figure out my spot. Sure. And see if this uh, rings any bells for you. Yeah, so please. there's a there's a group called uh, or a movement uh, called And. It's a it's an ampersand, black uh, shirt ampersand, and it's got the word "and" underneath it. And the idea is, it's it's a bunch of Christians who say that. Um, in typically, Christians are either social justice kind of people, mm-hmm. or they are the gospel kind of people, and they're advocating that that Christians should be both. That to be a Christian, you should be socially engaged and politically active. And all about the gospel. Hmm. And I would agree with them that people are typically one or the other. Um, and so uh, they have these uh, bullet points that they're going for. And I, I really highly recommend this uh, to, to, to check it out. Uh, I should have had a link. And maybe we can drop it in the um, notes of the, today's episode. Group's or whatever. Uh, put it on. We'll put it on the blog with the show and tell picture of your thing. Sure. So, um, anyway, um, you know, they use as a as a as a point of introduction. They use Paul at Mars Hill in Athens, where he goes to the marketplace and he starts talking to them about all these gods they have, and he uh, enters into their culture to connect with them. And and so they're saying, you know, you should be socially engaged and politically active as well. Sure. But Paul did all that only so that he could introduce them to Jesus, not to accomplish some political end. Yeah. And so uh, this is where I this is where I wrestle with my uh, engagement with the culture is I I want I want equal rights for everybody. I, I. care about these things. And I am realizing I should be more politically active and I have become actually more politically active than I've ever been in my life. Um, and yet I still feel that the mission that I have on the earth is predominantly about people finding Christ because the only hope for the world is not political change. It's human change. And, um, you know, the the reason there's hate in the world is because there's messed up homes and the reason there's messed up homes is cuz people don't know God. They haven't had their sin forgiven. Yeah. They haven't they haven't met him. And so if we can heal the heart, if we can transform the soul, we can change the world. And so I I lean hard on that. So this is I think a collision for me and uh, one of their points this is this is where I was going with this. One of the things they say is that when Christians uh I, they had a link on there for a a little podcast, a YouTube video podcast of a guy giving five reasons why every Christian should be politically active. So I wanted to watch that. And one of the reasons, as he gave the five, I think number three was that um, this isn't about advocating biblical morality. This is about making the world better for everyone. Hmm. And that Christians should be absolutely people who try to make the world better for everyone. Uh, And they hold on to the gospel themselves. This is where the rub is for me, because the deeper you get into advocating for those who are being discriminated against or fighting on behalf of people who are hurting. And yet being told, well, you got to set the gospel to the side because you can't you can't integrate the gospel christ into this you just got to worry about this need that is there right am i am I making sense to you
0: yeah so they're saying that there's a difference between um the greater good and your own personal convictions that there's a yes. separation kind of and yes. i've noticed that a lot in um in rhetoric i've seen just just online and again not to, to say us and them i can't place who said it it was autonom- or or anonymous um online people but it's saying you know uh, faith is great. Faith causes people to do all kinds of cool things. Just keep it to yourself. That's generally the what I've seen. And and uh, uh, the conviction, if you have the conviction that humans can't solve hatred, humans have hated people forever. This isn't a new right. problem. Right. That the only end-all, be-all, cure-all for this is Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and mm-hmm. the love of God. That That is... Um, that that is the actual answer, then they 're not separate they 're not different and uh, and it 's the same same conviction between evangelizing. a lot of people think that it is unethical to evangelize mm-hmm. and if you believe that you know the cure to all of humankind 's ailments, that you know what that is and you 're supposed to keep it to yourself and not like what kind of love is that you right know? so that's that that is the the rub I like that uh, that makes me think of uh, brisket the rub
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is the tension and i and and uh when when people say hey faith has made people do great things but just keep it to yourself they're they're admitting yeah and i don't really believe that your faith is meaningless so we don't want to hear about it
0: yeah you can believe in your in your imaginary best friend if you want just you know don't bother me with it yeah yeah Yeah. um
1: and here's the deal you know there's going to come a time I know this is true. There's going to come a time when everybody who's ever lived in the world is going to stand alone before God. And they're going to give an answer to their life. And it's not just about judgment and the fear of that. It's also you were made by God to enjoy God, to be free of your sin, to live this amazing life. And God yeah. wants to offer it to you. And uh, that is the most important thing that our lives is are about. Yeah. And so it's not either or, it's both and. I do like and. And um, it's not that I need to, it's not, I I don't have to choose between loving people who practice a sexuality that's outside of a biblical sexual ethic. I don't have to struggle with that. And I can encourage them that God loves them. He's in pursuit of them and he wants to redeem them at the same time.
0: Yeah. And I think it is. I think it's self-explanatory. I think no country on the world in in the world doesn't have an issue with racism, and the ones that don't are because they're homogenous, like like Russia. There's no, right, there are right. no black people in Russia, so they don't really have a racism issue. They have other issues. Hmm. So um, obviously, we have a terrible problem with um, uh, violence against black bodies. So e- mm-hmm. either uh, same race, different race doesn't matter. The, the chances of a black person dying or ending up in prison are very very high. Right. and that is a, that is an issue on a civil sense because they are fearing for their well-being and their safety mm-hmm. um but the the sense of hatred between two human beings that will never be solved by by um logistics or by paper there's it's impossible that is a that is a um more than skin deep issue um and that's a little bit of a of a rabbit trail but my i some to go to takeaways uh you said earlier that um before the commercial break that uh, a lot of times, uh, most of the pressure that you would feel uh, as a Christian comes from the church instead mm-hmm. of from the secular world, and uh, and I realize that's actually really largely true for me because of that same deal where um, Jesus didn't rebuke people far from God. I think that really is even, and I'm the one who said that in the first place on this this episode. But that was where I was yeah. like, oh, um. That obviously we have different ideals from people outside of the faith. That's not that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. It is when people who you know believe what you believe and act contrary to the gospel. That is the that's the pressure I think that I've been feeling more so. Um, Can you
1: give an example of one or two ways you've felt that?
0: Yeah, it's just mostly this um cultural American faith that is this um this what this this very adversarial on purpose, this um uh prideful. I would say prideful, prideful, um, entitled Christianity. It is the, um, we should be able to meet in greater numbers. And if they don't let us, then we're going to, you know, open carry to church and meet anyway and see what they do about <laughs> it. You know, that kind of thing. And it just, uh, it's so counter to everything that is in that book, you know,
1: it's and interesting. It, Cause I was reading Ephesians five and six this week mm-hmm. in my daily reading, you know, I'm just on a reading plan and that's where it took me. And, uh, it is, uh, children obey your parents. This yeah. is right. Okay. And there's a blessing for you if you obey your parents and then wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church and gave himself up. Like, like give your life away for her. Right. And then slaves obey your masters as if you were obeying Christ. Okay. So slaves and not if they're good masters, if they're gracious masters, if they're kind masters who give you dignity. Yeah. Obey your masters, submit to them, and serve them as if they were Jesus himself. And I was just blown away by that particular part of the passage. And I realized that the most powerful thing a human being can do is submit. Yeah. Because it requires the most faith and courage. Like, I can submit to my enemy. I can submit to my governor because I serve a God who's more sovereign than my governor and who can do anything to change my world. And when I submit to the authorities over me, I am submitting to God and I'm leaving the door open for the miraculous. Yeah. To take matters into my own hand, to defend my own rights, to advocate for myself. This is the birthplace of uh, great danger. And that is universally shared, and the
0: making yourself low, the the sacrifice—that's neither a um, traditionally, you know, um, religious Christian thing to do, and it's not a re- traditionally secular thing to do. That is a that is counter to both popular cultures. Right, is making yourself making yourself low.
1: Yeah, and Jesus I, said, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, yeah. be the servant of everyone. Yeah. Like, make yourself last make yourself dead last. And I think the in the same
0: way that I get frustrated with a church that succumbs to the pressure of the culture. When they say, you know, well we're going to throw out certain parts of this Bible because the pressure from the from the culture is too great. We're going to allow um Practicing homosexual clergyman, we're gonna, you know, w- whatever it is, right? Is the same frustration with people who say, because I hate those beliefs so much, I'm going to be hard nosed about it, and I'm going to rub their faces in it, and I'm going to fight it.
1: Mm-hmm. To me,
0: maybe the answer is a, uh, I don't know if irreverence is the word. A, a, who cares that your focus is on the kingdom, and obviously you care about these people and you care about your gospel to them, but that you don't let it um, rule your life either way that you respect those in authority over you, but you're not going to succumb to their pressure and you're not going to fight them because they make you mad.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I think your idea of, uh, who cares is really a matter of control. I don't need to control anyone. Right. I don't need to judge them and I don't need to control them. In fact, you know, uh, The scripture says we don't judge anyone outside the church, but inside the church, these are brothers and sisters, and we are called to to help each other, provoke each other to live better godly lives. So we dive in there, but outside the church, we only extend grace, mercy, compassion, and love because they don't know the truth. It's like like trying to tell a blind man that he should see and judging him because he can't see when he's blind. Yeah. All right. John, uh, your big takeaway is that a lot of the persecution you feel of this whole issue does actually come from religious people. Not And,
0: and not persecution, obviously, uh, for, right. for, for, but, for me. frustration, but frustration. But frustration and, 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 um, and opposition. Mm-hmm. And really, this whole past few weeks, and again, not a pity party because— People have it a lot worse, but it just makes me feel like I'm going insane. It makes me feel like a crazy person because yeah. I look at everything and it seems to me I feel like a megalomaniac. So I'm like, it's so easy. It's so obvious and so simple. This is what the <laughs> thing says. And that makes me doubt myself. It makes me feel like I'm going nuts. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like I, there's not a home for um, – and, and there's so many of us. There's so many Christians who really um, build their life – on the word of God and yeah. uh, they're just quiet because that's kind of what the book tells you to do. And It's it makes it harder mm. to find each other, I guess.
1: Yeah. But yeah, my, my takeaway is um, Jesus is everything. Yeah. Uh, he is the answer for us and he is the barrier that creates conflict. He's the dividing line and he's a guide so Matthew 5 6 and 7 i really think you know a christian could just tear out only Matthew 5 6 and 7 out of their bible and devour those three chapters day after day after day for the rest of our lives is that and the try to live them out? out or it is yeah. yeah and that that would be that would be a lifetime full of work to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. As we try to to do what Jesus taught, what a challenge! It definitely it wouldn't make your life any easier necessarily. No, it would not. Okay. All right, that's probably yeah. not
0: all the time we have, but uh, it sounds like a radio program or something. But um, <laughs> where can where can people find us, Dad?
1: Uh, you can find us on Instagram uh, at Jim and John, um, and then you can find us on Twitter uh, at Jim and John, and uh, our website at dot com. And there's no H in the John, any of those. So no, jimandjohn.com. You can email us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have episode suggestions or feedback about any part of our segments or questions you want to have us address, uh, info at
0: jimandjohn.com. And there's also a contact form on the website. And I have a, a question for listeners. Uh, really, really want your feedback on um, if this podcast not any extra content in particular was available on a YouTube channel. So it was just a, uh, the upstream logo and then the audio file, but you could access this on your, your browser a little easier on YouTube. So you
1: wouldn't see us. You would just see the logo, but you would
0: listen to it on YouTube. Exactly. You can have it open another tab while you do your work. However, I saw the statistic that over half of this one particular podcast, 60% watched on YouTube. And uh, Interesting. if that would make your life easier, please let us know. It uh, it wouldn't be a huge hoop to jump through, but uh, if no one would use it anyway, then, then why bother? So if that would actually, <laughs> if you would love that, please, please let us know. Yeah, it'd be great to hear from you. Awesome. All
1: right. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend and we're grateful. Thank you guys.